0: Hello, and welcome to Live Like the World is Dying, your podcast for what feels like the end times. I'm your host, Margaret Kiljoy. And this week, I'm really excited about this week. I've been hoping to do an episode, this particular episode, for a while. Um, This week, we're going to be talking about talking about prepping. And we're going to be talking about, well, I'm going to be talking to someone who writes uh, the best newsletter I'm aware of for individual and community preparedness, which is called When If. And it's uh, written by Eric Trunkweiler. And I'm really excited about this conversation. But first, I'm really excited to tell you that we're a proud member of the Channel Zero Network of Anarchist Podcasts. And here is a jingle from another show on the network. Da-da-da-da.
1: From Embers.
0: Anarchist perspectives from the territory currently occupied... By the Canadian states, find us wherever you get your podcasts, or on the Channel Zero Network. Okay, um, if you could introduce yourself with your name, your pronouns, and then kind of just a little bit about when, if the you know the reason that I've I've brought you on here to talk.
1: Hi, uh, I'm Eric Schunkweiler. My pronouns are he/him. When If is a newsletter on preparedness and collapse from a leftist perspective. I set out a couple of years ago to uh, try to try to create some content around preparedness and prepping that was uh, more accessible for folks on the left-handed side of the political spectrum. Um. Yeah, and, and just to, we'll ask you to
0: shout it out at the end too, but how can people get this fine newsletter?
1: It might be easier to find me. Uh, my name is Eric Schunkweiler, a little bit difficult to spell. The uh, newsletter itself is on ghost.io, I search when if, probably the best way to find it. It's a bit of a goofy address.
0: Yeah, it's hard to, every now and then I've tried to Google when if, and then I'm like, yeah. that's not going to work. <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> but there are only two Eric Schunkweilers on the planet. So if you can remember my last name, you can probably find me.
0: Whoa. Who's the other one?
1: Uh, some kid in New Mexico.
0: All right. All right. Yeah. Um, I'm the only Margaret Killjoy I'm aware of. And whenever that changes, I'm going to be really sad. So I don't know if you <laughs> were you like sad when you found out you weren't the only Eric Uh
1: It was super weird. Uh, it turned out that for a little while we lived in the same town.
0: I well, uh, I I've lived all around
1: the country, and I don't like probably not really. Yeah. Um. It I wasn't born and raised in New Mexico. It's just one of my favorite places to be. And uh, okay. I was living out there working, and uh, I I think I was looking myself up for something and found him on like a like a you know like a high school spelling bee sort of return on uh-huh. Google or something like that you know, and found out he lived in the same town at the same time that I did. Super wow. weird. Not a very big town. Very strange. I
0: kind of like that. That's kind of yeah
1: weird. Maybe you just shout split out out off the into other Eric
0: <laughs> Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, so you started this 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 newsletter, and I kind of wanted to, you know, what, what do you cover in this newsletter? Right, what what kind of stuff are you talking about?
1: Uh, everything. Um, mm-hmm. I. I focus on kind of, in my head, the big three, uh, which is climate change, fascism, and uh, like the the ignorance of the government slash uh, police brutality. Kind of the the three Mm -hmm. fronts, as I see it, that are going to be causing problems for folks in the future.
0: Isn't it kind of funny that, to me, (laughs) I I agree these are, you know, probably the three big categories of things and then like all three of them are ignored by right-wing preparedness Um, yeah Yeah. not always right um i mean they claim that the rise of fascism but they claim it from a really odd perspective not the people walking around with nazi flags um, but the people walking around with anti-nazi flags and then climate change i feel like preparedness places used to talk about climate change and then I don't know. Have you experienced this? Is it like, did they just like stop talking about it at some point when it became culture war or something? Like,
1: I, I haven't seen a whole lot about climate change addressed in particular. They mm-hmm. will, they'll, they'll just sort of elide it and, and talk about mm-hmm. weather preparedness. But at the same time, I, I'm doing a little bit of research because I'm trying to turn, uh, one of into a book. And so mm-hmm. I'm looking at comparable oh, titles. Cool. Um, and one of the comps that I looked at uh, went, like immediately out of the gate in in the first few pages it talked about the uh, the dangers of hurricanes and then under a discrete subheading typhoons mm-hmm. and 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 I just wanted to tell the the author my friend those are the same thing. Yeah. I was just thinking just in like, a different a hemisphere. Like it's just a different ocean. you like, you're telling someone to prepare for the same thing twice, but differently. Like the, the instructions were a little bit different too. It was wild. <laughs> uh, so I, which, it, means which they is, just Googled. They just Googled what to do with a
0: typhoon and wrote that down yeah, and then yeah. Googled what to do. in it. yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and, and that's why I do what I do so that, uh, so that there can be some actual, uh, Actual help when it comes to uh, emergencies like that, and you're not stuck uh, getting your information from a guy who really wants you to buy a Faraday bag because the EMP is coming.
0: Okay, so that's a really good segue into one of the main things I kind of wanted to talk about. One of the I'm really excited to talk to someone who also sort of interacts in the intersection with the traditional prepping world, but then also like cares about you know, leftist prepping or community preparedness mm-hmm. or whatever the hell we're going to call it. Um, cause it seems like some of the information that's in traditional prepping is good, but we should talk about some of the like bullshit, like some of the nonsense yeah. that traditional preppers yeah. get wrong. Okay. So like Faraday bags, like you want to, you want to myth bust the Faraday bag? <laughs>
1: uh, my, my biggest thing would be that it, we're, we're not going to see the long heralded, uh, EMP blast like that's just not what's gonna come get us yeah I think that I think there is very limited utility to the idea of the Faraday bag but primarily in regards to uh, protesting yeah and and it has much less utility than leaving your device at home yeah um so uh, rather than buying a, a fancy bag or uh Trying to uh trying to guard your credit card chips from getting stolen at the grocery mm-hmm. store. Like I just leave the things at home or turn them off. Leave yeah. it in your car if you're gonna be someplace that you don't want to be uh yeah. linked to from uh from a tower pin, you know. Um yeah.
0: Yeah, like the people talk about EMPs as if they're like the tactical EMP is right around the corner. And as a science fiction mm-hmm. writer, I appreciate it, but literally only because otherwise it's impossible to imagine how we're going to deal with like swarms of nano robots with facial recognition, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you know, like I like straight up, like until we have the EMP shotgun, we just kind of like, are like EMP force fields or something.
1: I like the EMP much more all of a sudden.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, um, but it's, 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 As far as I'm, it's been a while since I've looked this up, but I believe EMP is electromagnetic pulse. People are worried that this blast will destroy all electronic devices, all modern cars, everything with a computer, everything with a chip or whatever. Mm -hmm. There is some EMP hardened equipment out there. And then a Faraday cage is like something that protects certain types of radiation from reaching certain things. And it also blocks communications. I'm under the impression that the only way that anything produces an an EMP right now is nuclear blasts high in the atmosphere. I think that's right. Yeah. So I guess if we get into a nuclear war, some electronics might be messed up, but I kind of feel like overall we have bigger problems.
1: At that point, yeah. Yeah, we have uh, a few a few more things to worry about than the fact that you can't uh, stream the uh, the latest season of Ted Lasso. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, and it, it gets into the... I really like they use Faraday bags as the example, right? Because it's like, I, I worry about this a lot, right? Because, and I'm curious what your take is like, I worry about being a fear monger professionally, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I worry about like yeah.
0: spreading worry. My my goal is to spread calmness and preparedness and like, you know, ways we can, okay, I have a go bag. So if there's a forest fire, I know what I'm doing. So now I don't have to worry mm-hmm. about forest fire. But there is a version where you just worry about more and more and more. And especially if you're trying to sell someone, something is a really good system. And And Faraday, it's like if I'm watching something and the thing they're trying to sell me is a Faraday bag. To me, that's this big red flag that I'm like, oh, you're yeah. just a you're just a grifter, like because in the abstract of once I have every object in the world that I could possibly need, I suppose I could Faraday cage my basement or something, right? <laughs> but yeah. like, no,
1: you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I uh, that yeah, that's that's a real problem because uh, particularly when when you tie your output to uh commerce Mm -hmm. you're kind of getting into alex jones territory yeah where you know you're talking about chemicals in the water and here's this water filter or here are these protein shakes that will solve everything turn into a man again instead of a gay frog yes (laughs) yeah and that's a big problem. I, you know, that creates a, a a circular system where you just you spin people up and you give them the solution, and that isn't a solution at all. It might temporarily ease their ease their worry, but they can just as easily get that by shopping at Etsy. You know, yeah. just any kind of consumption tends to to ease that that pang that we have. Um, but if you're the one creating it. Uh, obviously that's a different situation controlling that that fear or finding out the uh the meter at which you should distribute it is uh Mm -hmm. is something that i think about pretty much every time i hit publish but at the same time i i'll stop and i'll i'll look at the objective data that i've got the the new things that have occurred um whatever they may be new anti-trans legislation uh the IPCC report just came out last Monday, and and that really grounded um, some some bad news about climate change. And you can't you can't ignore you can't ignore the news and the and the updates that you receive on things like that just because you're worried that all that you're doing is making your your readership afraid. Yeah, I think that you should couch it appropriately and and how i do that is by at, at least trying to give the reader some actionable items uh, yeah. at, at the end of my uh thousand word screed where i talk about <laughs> all of the uh all of the awful uh all the awful shit that's happening in the world action items is a really good point
0: action items is a you know we we've had we did an episode a while ago about mental health first aid right and You know, one of the things that I feel like we learn over and over again is that acting with agency is one of the main ways to prevent PTSD um, Mm -hmm. and like during bad situations. And I feel like even if we can't stop what's coming, acting with agency as much as we can about how we handle it and things like that Mm -hmm. is how we keep it from destroying us. Like it might literally destroy us. We might all drown in the rising waters or get murdered right. by fascists or whatever. Right. But like, yeah. you know, we can, we can, um, there's some cliche here about not letting it destroy us along the way or something, you know, but yeah, the action items that makes a lot of sense. Mm. Okay. But I want to talk more shit on, on traditional preppers. What great, else are they getting great. wrong? Like, is it funny? Cause it's like some of the stuff, well, okay. You're talking about like, for example, if you tie your, your stuff to what you're selling, um, I, mm-hmm. I've been thinking about this a lot. Like I make and distribute these emergency kits and I don't sell them. And I like, I spend thousands of dollars at a time when I have it and create these mm-hmm. emergency kits. And I, I covered it in one of my YouTube episodes and I, I give them away to my friends and, and family and stuff. Right. And then everyone's like, sure, whatever my crazy <laughs> friend who, you know, and then every now and then someone tells me like, Oh, it was actually really useful that like mm-hmm. I had band-aids in my backpack or you yeah. know, and it's always these, like, yeah. tiny minor things. It's never, like, the potassium iodide or whatever, you know? Um, <laughs> right, right. And I, there's a chance that I'm going to start selling them, but literally just out of, in order to make enough money to make this, not be this massive sinkhole in my life that I, I distribute these things. And I worry. I worry about being an Alex Jones. Like, I also, like, mm-hmm. I really want people to have stored food in their basement. And so part of me is yeah. like, man, I'm just going to get a freeze dryer I'm going to freeze dry a ton of stuff and I'm going to fucking give it to people. And then I'm like, mm. and I guess i will sell it, you know? And then I'm like, Oh God, where does this end? At what point am I selling <laughs> supplements to like, yeah. make people stay virile or whatever, you know? And like, right. I don't know. Um,
1: I, I think that the, I think that the way to avoid that is like I said, to, to eliminate the circle. So yeah, so you can't be you can't be directly addressing an issue and saying that the solution is on your on your website. It's on yeah. it's in the store. Uh, once you do that, you are just a shill. Um, yeah, and and whether or not the product is even remotely relevant at that point, you are losing credibility at least with people that know what they're talking about. Yeah, and and you may have followers uh, who who are addicted to that circle. You know, yeah. um, that cycle that says, uh, here's this panic, by the way, here's the thing that will cure the panic. Yeah. But if you avoid that, then I think that there's, then you don't have to be uh, worried about perpetuating that or, or falling into an Alex Jones trap.
0: Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And there's a reason that we haven't started selling anything yet, anything yeah. along those lines, you know? I mean, at some point we'll be putting out more books and stuff and that will be a selling and... You know, but I think we just have to. You because know, I think about okay, that guy who maybe it's a perfectly fine book, I doubt it, but the guy who's like typhoons versus hurricanes or whatever. Yeah, I suspect that this person's just trying to make a buck by googling some stuff and mm-hmm. throwing rewriting it poorly, throwing it into an ebook, print on yeah. demand, putting it up on Amazon, and then selling it to this fear cycle, right? And like, oh, mm-hmm. but then it's so frustrating because it's like, well some stuff that comes out of traditional preparedness is useful. I think that a lot of their focuses are all wrong. Like, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I, now I'm just trying to come up with the other stuff that I like
1: get annoyed about. Right. Like, let's talk about what they get right. And then we can, and then we can shit talk on the vast majority of what they get wrong. And that, and that is always going to be, uh, the basics, you know, the, Mm -hmm. the very essential stuff, because like you said, you know, you, you find it really important that people have food stored uh, yeah. in their basement, or if they don't have a basement, you know, under their bed in a tote or something like that. Just whatever yeah. they can do. Yeah. And just as an aside, that is that's that's my circle, and that's mm-hmm. my where I scratch my panic itch. Yeah. Just every once in a while, I'll just I'll buy a giant can of like uh, freeze dried vegetarian imitation beef. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Augustin and Farms. And I, Yes, yeah. yeah. I just it's got a the, can it's last the cheap night brand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just put that I put that in my in my shelf next to all the other uh, shout yeah. out to Augustin Farms. Uh, <laughs> I know. All of my other Augustin Farms <laughs> yeah. cans and 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 something in my in my lizard brain just went ah yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. I feel a little bit better now. Yeah. <laughs> but to bring that back to what what the right wing Gets gets right what those peppers yeah. get right is yeah. is just the basics, which I think is actually sort of it's it's letting them lay claim to preparedness, actually. Right. And and now I'm getting into a different idea, but but they shouldn't um, because preparedness comes from just living on the planet, totally out, outside of the the normal capitalistic cycle. Totally. And The thing that I say, uh, so this is how I launched my. Uh, how I launched When If, is that the first uh, newsletter that I wrote was just called Your Grandma Prepped. Yeah, totally. Because she did. She canned. Yeah. She had food stored away. My my grandma Shyler had three refrigerators. Two of them <laughs> were almost as old as she was, and yeah. they just ran like a dream, and they were yeah. full of food and water. Uh, yeah. And that's just she had lived through the great depression. Um, yeah. and that's where her inclination for it came from. And it got passed down to me. Yeah. But I always knew if I was, uh, walking into her house, I could walk into the kitchen, I could open the cupboard and I would see 30 or 40 cans of, uh, whatever, uh, chef Boy yeah. boyardee, uh, green beans, peas, you know, just a- as much food as you could want for yeah. probably, probably damn near a month. Yeah. And that's the kind of goal that I shoot for in in my newsletter and for our uh, for my own household. But it's it's the basic stuff.
0: What you're saying about, like, not letting the right wing claim to it. And it's like, I agree with that. And I, I think that, yeah, like the sense of who actually, you know, I talk about a lot of that, like purse snacks is prepping. You know, like you go to a show, the person who has like snacks in their purse is more prepared than the person with the handgun. Um, yeah. Because there's a scenario in which the handgun is the right tool. It is a lot mm. less likely than the scenario where you get snacky. You
1: Yeah, know? absolutely. And, like,
0: absolutely. Um, and a purse can hold both, although off-body carry, whatever. Anyway, and, and so I, I think in my head I've been thinking about it as like traditional prepping, as in like the kind of people who call themselves preppers, without necessarily right. assigning that to the right wing. It's like this mm-hmm. thing that is fed upon by the right wing. But I don't yeah, think it's absolutely. inherently right wing and I've I've gotten some feedback from listeners every now and then who were like in traditional prepping and could see the right wing kind of trying to be like and hate your neighbor and they're like wait mm-hmm. aren't y'all Christians? But like you know it just like and then being like oh thank god there's not even it wasn't it was less even that they were like oh thank god a leftist approach although that's accurate from my point of view but like oh mm. thank god something that's not a right wing approach right and yeah you're you're right about the basics um and then i think sometimes they get some stuff right but they prioritize it wrong like mm. i i do believe that like having you know uh depending on the situation that you're in and who you are and all these things like firearms and things like that are incredibly useful yeah. tools and absolutely and if I want to know how much ammunition I should probably have, a lot of those YouTube channels and things like that are are very useful for that, right? Because they've That's true. mathed out, like being like, well, if you want to continue to practice at this rate, which is about the rate that you should stay at pra- in practice at, you know, and it's like, and so I find that stuff to be very useful, but it's really easy to think that the like sexy stuff, the violent stuff is the like mm-hmm. main thing. The main thing is, like, first aid kit, food, and water, you know? Yeah. And, like, knowing not to run a generator in your garage. Like, Yeah. I finally got a deep freezer recently, and I was like, nice. I don't eat meat. I was like, what the fuck am I going to do with this deep freezer? And now it's, like, full of, like, bread, frozen vegan meals. Like, mm-hmm. it's great. I'm so glad it's there. <laughs> <laughs> um, And it's so... I didn't realize this that it barely uses any electricity compared to a regular fridge, oh, um, wow. because it it's didn't full lie. of frozen stuff, right? And it you just open it up
1: to that state,
0: yeah. And you open it once a week, like mm-hmm. it, it. Like the little tag on it is like estimated electricity costs thirty four dollars a year or whatever, you know. And I'm like, okay, okay,
1: I can do that. That's less than my washer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I
0: don't know. Have you seen the stuff that's like? I feel like there's like more and more. Maybe I just re- fall down YouTube holes too much about people just like really getting ready to like defend their giant castles of stuff or whatever, you know?
1: Yeah. I uh, And that's, and that's not a, a new thing either. That has, mm-hmm. I think always been, if nothing else, uh, the, the, the popular idea of, of a prepper yeah. is, is that, is that, uh, that, that, Right-wing guy, who post 2016 was wearing a red hat and yep. and had a, a a wall full of guns uh, and and a and a bunch of food and and water and and maybe some skills, uh, which I think yeah. is something we should talk about, but yeah. maybe not. Maybe all he knew to do was, is is shoot his gun, yeah,
0: uh,
1: and and bury some claymore mines in his yard because people were gonna, <laughs> gonna come get his stuff, uh, yeah. And that's a something that I've been thinking a lot about lately is is contrasting uh, the leftist prepper philosophy against mm-hmm. that, because if it's just you, unless you're Bill from The Last of Us, you're not going to be happy with that life. Right. And the first time that you fall down the stairs and break your leg, you're done. Right. Because you don't have anybody to help you with it. Yeah. And, and it doesn't matter how much ammo you have at that point. Um, yeah there's nothing to be done for you because you have booby trapped your yard, but no one's going to be able to come and help you. And no one's going to want to.
0: Yeah. Well, what you do is you catch a guy and then you date him.
1: Right. Like right. last month. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. You... Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to continue making a joke. That's my new favorite <laughs> show.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, I love that episode so much. Um, so good. And cause that man had a plan. He knew how to turn the gas back on on his house. But one of the things that actually always strikes me right away is that you always have the wall of guns, right? And Mm -hmm. like, I don't know about you, but I can only use one gun effectively at a time. And I can only dream of using two guns effectively at a time. It caps out at that point.
1: Right. Only two hands.
0: Yeah. So in my mind, a wall of guns should mean I am prepared to help an entire community of people. Yes. I otherwise you're just a collector which is fine. But it it's it seems so obvious to me. How could anyone look at their wall of guns and think that's what I personally need, you know, mm-hmm. is two AR15s. Like two guns that serve the same purpose as each other. I know you can do exactly. AR in different ways or whatever. But like everyone I know with a wall of guns has guns that cover the same role as each other. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's just, it seems so obvious to me that it should be community preparedness at that point. But
1: yeah. Yeah. Ugh.
0: Okay. What else do they write about? Have you ever buried anything?
1: <laughs> in, a, in a preparedness uh, yeah, setting? Yeah. Yeah. No, this isn't
0: a <laughs> crime question. <laughs>
1: uh uh for legal reasons no yeah uh, uh no i outside of uh, unless you count potatoes and, yeah. and seeds uh, which yeah. i have done a lot of um no i i have thought about uh doing the the pVC pipe mm-hmm. with uh with making a cache and putting it someplace yeah um for me in my situation um that's it's not uh' It's not particularly useful because yeah. because I'm – despite the fact that I'm in a city, in a city that if we wanted to game out how well it would fare in various situations, like I'm, we're pretty mm-hmm. good against climate change here in Ohio, bad against fascism, we would need to leave, Yeah. Uh, bad against the threat of nuclear war, but we'd be hit and we'd be toast. Why would someone – I guess there's enough cities there. There's – so there's, there's enough stuff here that they would okay. probably, I mean, if you, if you've got thousands of nukes, you hit Columbus. Yeah. You just, you just do so-called Columbus, uh, flavored town as I really like to think of it. <laughs> um, okay. So yeah. no, I, I haven't, I haven't buried anything though. I, ha- I yeah. certainly have thought about it, but the idea of the the situation in which, uh, we're fleeing home and, and are able to reach that cache. Doesn't seem likely to me. Yeah, Um, I'm sure in other situations for other people, probably mostly folks that live out in the country have a have a more static route of escape. Yeah, Um, that would make sense. But for me, it would be hoping that I had enough time to get all of my chickens and dogs and my wife in the back of the car. Yeah, and hoping that we didn't have to abandon the car twenty feet away because Columbus is a city of a million people. Yeah, and once they try to escape. I I mean th- there's a reason why in every uh every post apocalyptic uh TV show or movie that you see you see a highway full of cars yeah. it's because cars break down and crashes yeah. happen and once you can't move that car is nothing but a very small house yeah and that's not very useful um so that particular idea has never been uh never been useful for for me in my situation yeah. Um I'm sure it's useful in, in some and I'm sure that if you have an entire wall of guns, you won't miss the pistol that you stuff in that PVC pipe and bury. Um, right. <laughs> but yeah,
0: I like I think about because like, the concept is not it's it's once again, it's this like priorities thing, right? It's like the lowest mm-hmm. priority thing for me that I can think of. Um well Faraday caging my basement would be lower <laughs> priority. Yeah. But like you know, like honestly, like most of the things I could imagine would be almost like if there is like major civil conflict for another civil war and I'm dead and someone needs to make use of the space, but it's been cleared out, right? Like if this space has been cleared out or I or I left, right? Mm-hmm. But someone needs to make use of of this space, then that's i i think we're we're buried stuff or or hmm. yeah people put stuff like on their route out of a place and, and you read about like antarctic explorers like you know burying caches and stuff like that in order mm-hmm. to but that's like a real different situation than than any realistic thing yeah. that people are going to be dealing with um i think people do it cuz it's neat like it you is, always feel like neat. a pirate if you bury gold. I haven't done this yet, but like, you know, <laughs> at some point in my life, everyone, everyone should buy a little sliver of gold from our sponsor. No. um, And then like, <laughs> and then bury it somewhere. Just yeah, back of your head. There's $50 of gold in a tube somewhere,
1: you know? But if if nothing else, you can always take that to your grave. Yeah, exactly. You, that you are. They didn't get my gold. Yeah. Yeah, that's what matters. I like it.
0: I I guess that's part of the thing about burying is it is like, it's like, I don't want other people to have this. And it's like, Mm -hmm. in a war type scenario, I do want other, I don't want other people to have it because I don't want the enemy to have it. Mm -hmm. But in a survival type scenario, like I'm dead. Fucking.
1: Take take my stuff.
0: Yeah, that's fine. You know? Mm Mm-hmm. For me, what you were talking about, I'm like, oh, that's why you need a dirt bike. And I'm like, oh, you got chickens and dogs. How are you going to get past those cars? You need a bulldozer. Or you need the keys to the bulldozers. Yeah. Which we did an episode on, actually. If you go back to (laughs) Deviant Olaf talking about universal keys, way back near the start of our show, I think. going to have to find that one. Yeah. A lot of things are keyed the same. So if you have keys to heavy equipment you have keys to heavy equipment and then if there's a lot of cars in the road they could be not in the road but if there's people in them it's not such a good plan
1: no that's so good so
0: to go back to to your um to your newsletter i'm curious we talked a little bit about this you said that you haven't been getting that much of a response from it even though you put it out to hundreds of people like do you Mm -hmm. have a do you have a sense of like what's happening there or I have my own thoughts too cuz I get a similar thing but
1: so in the in the earlier days I used to get a little bit of feedback mm-hmm. um and that was I think the most feedback that I got was when I I kind of dropped the bomb that uh that people need to have firearms mhm and up until that point if you were a liberal uh you could have read you could have read my newsletter uh, and like, oh, this, uh-huh. is, this is fine this is fine yeah and then I was like, "Oh, we should arm up because the other side is, and yeah. things could get bad." Yeah, and uh, and people are like, "Oh, you really, you really think that we should have guns?" But guns are... Hmm. Ah. That was that was probably the one of the only things that I've really gotten a response on. <laughs> That's so sad. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it is. It is. Um. And yeah. And the and the rest is mostly radio silence. And uh. And I I. I think technically, part of it would be that when I, I switched from Substack to Ghost, because Substack mm-hmm. is kind of turfy, oh, and okay. Ghost is not, it became it's a little less user friendly. Uh, oh, okay. So there is not like an immediate contact Eric button, I don't think. Okay. But but beyond that, I think that my content has gotten kind of specialized and and kind of uniformly dark. Like I, I, <laughs> I recently, about a year or so ago, I pivoted from just preparedness because there's there's mm-hmm. sort of only so much that you can say about preparedness. There's a right. limited amount of things that you can get, things that you can stock, techniques that you can learn to yeah. maximize your preparedness. Um, and but I wanted to keep writing because I was addressing current issues that I and I thought that that information was relevant, and so I switched. Uh, switch focus a little bit from straight preparedness and just talking about things to prepare for, uh, Mm -hmm. to analysis of events and talking about collapse. Um, and I think that few people really want to enter a discourse about that. Um, we can, we can all dream of the, uh, the scenario that lets us Open our front door and and walk out into a world that's like covered in ivy and, and idyllic and utopian because there aren't people in it because right. it's post apocalypse, but to have to envision how we get from where we are today to that supposedly idyllic, uh, ivy colored dreamland is um, is a different story and it's a dark one. Uh, there aren't many ways that we that we proceed as we are right now that end well. Um, yeah. And, uh, and even the ways that we do proceed in which things go okay are difficult. Yeah. It's not, uh, not, nothing about where we are right now, no matter which way we go is going to be easy. Um, and I think yeah. that limits the engagement and the discourse, which is okay.
0: Well, that's, it, to get back to that balance you're talking about before, every time you press send, you're like, am I fear mongering or am I helping people mm-hmm. calmly and soberly address a hard thing? And that's something that I think about a lot is that I'm like, you know, a lot. I know a lot of people are like, oh, I can't engage with the news. It's too much. Right. And I've had moments where I'm like, today is not a doom scroll day. You know, today is a no phone day. Mm-hmm. And um, but what if Trump's got arrested while you were anyway? Um <laughs> Yeah. and that balance is really hard to strike but I really want we need to figure it out like I think more than almost anything else like our role is to help people not stick their head in their sand in the sand but mm-hmm. also not freak out um yeah. and that to me is what preparedness like the core of preparedness maybe I'll say the core of preparedness something else some other time but like the core of preparedness is, Soberly looking at what is possible, what is likely, and what we can do in those situations um, so that when they come, which some of them will, you know, it, it is always I feel a little bit like, you know, it's like sometimes I have, like feel silly that before the last presidential election I was like figuring out how I could go on a really long walk <laughs> to get away <laughs> from where I was, you know. Mm. And I'm like, I got crampons in case I had to, like, you know, cross a pass or something, right? <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's silly. And then I'm like, it, it isn't. Like, we didn't have a civil war, but they tried. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, like, it could have happened that way. And it's mm-hmm. and this actually, okay, to tie it into something that one of the things that I think that uh, traditional preparedness over-worries about but honestly, like sometimes I'm like, maybe it isn't over. It is literally nuclear war, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, we it seemed it seems to to me. I'm, I'm a, you know, I was a kid when the Cold War ended. Mm-hmm. Same. It seems to me almost silly to spend your time thinking we're all going to nuke ourselves into oblivion in the 20th century because we didn't. But like,
1: that might just be luck. Yeah, you know, it absolutely is too. Like historically, yeah. it was.
0: Yeah, and so I don't worry. Of all of all the things I worry about, I don't actually worry much about nuclear exchange, mm-hmm. um, because I'm like, uh, just like people aren't going to do that. And then I'm like, people might do that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so telling people here are things to worry about. It's so hard to be like because if something has a five percent chance of happening, it's worth preparing for. If something Mm -hmm. has a 0.01% chance of happening, it's not, I'm making these numbers up, but like, it's not really worth preparing for, uh, a wolf eating you while you're camping because that kind of Mm -hmm. just doesn't happen, but it is worth preparing for a grizzly bear attack. If you are hiking in grizzly territory, Yeah, you know, even though most people don't get eaten by grizzly bears, present generally, yeah we're both going to get a mic.
1: And I think that it's worth pointing out that if, if preparedness in those unlikely situations is easy,
0: then mm-hmm.
1: it's worth doing. Um, I, I, yeah. Somewhat paradoxically, I think that preparing for a nuclear war is worthwhile because it's, it's sort of easy in mm-hmm. in a morbid sense, um, either get your world together blast wave (laughs) okay yeah or or like or you buy uh iodine pills yeah and you follow all the other rules of preparedness yeah and that's kind of it the world in which you emerge is going to be an extremely difficult one and it might not be a survivable one but that is in part why that particular scenario is an easy one to prepare for
0: yeah
1: you uh you do a you do a there's a novel called uh, On the Beach by Neville Shute. that's um, mm-hmm. about uh, Australians after a, a nuclear apocalypse. And not to spoil it, but they, they just... It's a it's a book okay. about coming the to terms. ending is famous.
0: I think it's okay to...
1: It is good. Okay, yeah. I... Um,
0: I haven't read it, and I know the ending of this book.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah uh, Everybody Dies. Um, and yeah. it's about coming to terms with uh, with that definite ending. Yeah. Um, and I think if nothing else, preparedness in that situation gives you time to to come to terms. Uh, yeah. whereas perhaps uh not being prepared in that scenario, you have a grimmer end uh and the worse end. Which is not it's not fun to think about. This is why nobody talks to me. Uh, <laughs> because who want, I'm the I'm the meme, that guy in the corner talking about Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah.
0: And everyone's like, We know. <laughs> Yeah, we yeah. we know.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally.
1: Um uh, yeah, uh the unlikely things can be worth preparing for if they are simple to prepare for. Oddly enough, I find nuclear war to be one of those things. Yeah. Uh just like preparing for uh bears when you're hiking uh, yeah. is relatively simple. Don't yeah, you... eat where you sleep, carry around bear spray, you know. Yeah. That kind of
0: thing. No, that's actually, that's a really good point. And nuclear war is a really good example of this kind of thing because it also shows the diminishing returns of like, because you can build a bunker under your, it's funny. The, like the version of it I saw was like, build the bunker under your pool. And I'm like, I am several steps away from having (laughs) this thing, you know, (laughs) um, but like, sure, a sure, I could, have a undergr- I could have an in-ground pool with a nuclear bomb shelter underneath it, and that would rule. Mm-hmm. I am entirely fine with the version of the world where I have enough money to do that. Or, yeah, you stay away from windows, you take potassium iodide, you have enough food to stay inside for, I think, three days. It's been a while since I've read mm-hmm. this. And then you're real goddamn careful what you eat that was growing outside during the fallout or whatever, you know? Yep. Yeah. Um yeah, no, that's a and the scale difference, right yeah, the scale difference between have three days of food in your house and tablets that cost you ten dollars mm. versus like spend eighty thousand dollars at the low end. I've totally not spent many nights pricing this out um <laughs> to, to have a nuclear shelter or whatever
1: yeah
0: although you can actually okay, you can also if you live in the woods, you can actually dig your own. Um, mm. because you don't actually need it to be airproof. You just need straight angles oh. because of the way that radiation moves. Um, mm-hmm. You can kind of, like, dig yourself a little coffin. That's the other downside. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you find the most, like, fun to prepare for? Like, what's the, like, you know, or, like, what's these, like, okay, nuclear, you know, mm. limited nuclear exchange or nuclear war there's a fairly basic thing you can do you know what are some of the other things that you prepare for or that you would recommend
1: um so my i i tend not to think of my preparedness in terms of scenarios mm-hmm. uh i think of it i i guess you'd say it holistically yeah um my 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 preparedness looks like uh as it's not actually economical like i know a lot of people looked at uh the price of their eggs when they went mm-hmm. to the grocery and went, oh, I'm going to get chickens. Mm-hmm. You're not saving money doing that, going out and getting chickens. But I did. I, yeah. But I did that before eggs were expensive. Right. My my preparedness right now looks like, uh, because I, I don't have a lot of land. Mm-hmm. I'm refining my techniques. I am uh, getting better at gardening. Mm-hmm. So that. If and when I do have more land, I can learn how to utilize it well. I'm raising chickens to give myself experience with raising chickens. Um, and also, they're just kind of delightful. Yeah. Chickens are just neat. I'm learning uh, simple, you know, pretty simple, like, uh, first aid techniques um, and stop the bleed techniques. I, I bought myself a little uh, stitch kit. It's oh so cool. So you can learn how to uh suture.
0: How do you um, like that? I've never had one. It's neat. It's different. Yeah.
1: I it depending on what kind of thread that you're using, it can be difficult and you're not sure if you're doing it right. Yeah. And and also it can seem so simple that you think you're not doing it right. But yeah, at the that end of makes sense. The day sense. if you're stitching a wound and the wound closes, you did it. yeah totally yeah that's like scarring and
0: stuff is a different question but yeah like yeah it might not um, heal
1: well but if it heals if you keep dirt out of an open wound you have achieved your goal yeah like the bleeding stopped. there's no dirt in it good job you did it yeah learning techniques like that i have been uh slowly acclimating myself to firearms Mm -hmm. i have uh have a couple have a couple guns now um getting them kitted out so that they're useful in situations rather than just big lumps of metal right um getting myself good enough at using them uh is probably going to be a lifelong practice i would assume at this yeah, point. totally um getting better at those things is is what i do to prepare um which is a bit of a drift from your question, which was like, what do I like to prepare for? Um, <laughs> I'm just trying to keep
0: it lighthearted as we talk about the yeah, end of all things. Right, right, right. It's totally fine. Let me think about something <laughs> fun. Uh, I mean, the chickens well, is fun, right? That's a good example, right? Chickens You, are fun. you have a delightful yeah. new addition to your house,
1: even though it yeah. doesn't save you money on eggs in the end. You know, I mean, it, at this point, because we have an established uh, mm-hmm. system for them. We have a coop, we have a run, uh, mm-hmm. we have their feed and their feed does not cost anything. They don't cost us much money. Oh, okay. Uh, and at this point, if you, you know, if you're okay with calling all of those expenditures just sunk and done, then mm-hmm. we might make a little money off of them now. Yeah. But we just, when we have excess eggs, we give them away. Yeah. Um, and we eat the rest. And that's, that's just, what it is and how we should be thinking about those things. If you if you uh, are preparing in that in that way and if you are a, a leftist or even just a good person and, you know, if you've got more than you need, I think the answer uh, to that excess is giving it away. And then even – one of the things that gets so annoying
0: because okay, this actually – one of the things that's cool about home gardening is that you end up with like – like when I was a kid my mom – mostly grew zucchini and and tomatoes Mm. and like no particular reason. I think that's just what she liked growing. And so we had too many zucchini. And so you give the zucchini Mm -hmm. to the neighbors, right? And it's like, and that's what's kind of cool about a lot of gardening stuff, right? Is that like, Mm -hmm. you just like walk around and give stuff to your neighbors because you have too much and it'll go to waste. And that is a better way to live. But even... I think it's really hard for me to like totally envision myself as like right wing. Although when I was younger, I was a little bit more like libertarian minded. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and before I kind of like thought it all through a little bit more. And it, it seems to me that another person is like always if you could pick any tool to survive. Right. Mm-hmm. Someone else with you trumps anything else you can think of. and Absolutely. And people have this – and I think the core problem with right-wing prepping is this presentation of other people as liabilities instead of assets. And Mm -hmm. if I was an economist, this would be nonsensical because every country is trying to raise their population so that they can have more people because not a – because labor produces all value because people make stuff.
1: people do things
0: yeah yeah and so like giving away eggs to your neighbors is a better prep than extra gas masks or whatever i mean an extra Mm -hmm. gas mask is nice because you can give them to other people or whatever but even like i would rather have neighbors who like me than have a gas mask
1: um
0: and it it seems so basic to me and logical that like Like, if you ever had to not do something because someone else did it, that's what other people do. (laughs) (laughs) Like, (laughs) every meal I haven't cooked because someone else cooks it, I am blessed,
1: you know? Um, While while we're recording this, I watched mm -hmm. my wife go outside with the dogs. I didn't have to stop recording to do that because I have my wife. Yeah. And it's that way with other people, too.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and you get to do that for her and like Yeah. Yeah. Partnership is a thing that we have developed as a species and community yeah. is a thing that we are not this like we're not lone animals, you know. Um
1: mm-hmm. kind of the bedrock of why we have literally everything that we have right now is because when we first evolved, we said, "Hey, what if we took care of each other?" Yeah. And, and they all thought, that's, that's a pretty good idea. Let's give that a shot. And it's worked so far. Yeah. And and now that we have all kinds of stuff in addition to that, it's like we lose sight of of the yeah. basic thing that has kept us alive for millennia, which is yeah. taking care of each other. Like your bug out bag doesn't splint your leg. Yeah. Even if you have a splint in your bug yeah. out bag, if you're the only person around in, with that bag, you need to splint your leg. What if you didn't do it well enough because you don't have the right leverage? Yeah. What if you did something wrong? I another person infinitely more useful than the entire contents of your bag, than all of the all of the gadgets that are recommended on those prepper magazines and websites and all of that. Uh, You know, just the the person next door, the person next to you. Uh, the relationships that we build yeah they just are indescribably more valuable than the the instruction that you get in so many of those uh basic prepper blogs um i i told you that i was looking at comp titles uh mm-hmm. for turning my book or or turning one of into a book um and one of them said in the introduction Uh, like you have to beware the duplicitousness of man. (laughs) And like, sure. But also, have you thought about all the times that people were just cool? Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: And like, and this isn't a, I mean, it is like a hippie feel good thing that I'm advocating, but there's not a like, but it's not a naive one right? It's not, no, no one will ever lie to me. No one will ever hurt me. No one will ever take advantage of me. Like this thing that they, they think we're all like naive idiots. And it's like, we, we've been through some shit. We're adult people like, and children mm-hmm. have also like, you know, I've had my trust betrayed, but that doesn't change the fact that developing and building trust is also the thing that all of the good stuff comes from. And like, yeah, and so what we need to do is yeah, we, we figure out who in the group is likely to betray us and try and murder us all. And we like, y- you know, like, but we don't spend all of our time thinking about that or then right. we, we succeed at destroying ourselves without even starting, which is what these books are basically doing. What they're advocating mm-hmm. is that we immediately start off as the war of one against all. And it's, mm-hmm. um, I think that, and I, I think that that's what most people have against preparedness is mm-hmm. not the idea of, having stuff in case stuff goes bad. Yeah. But the mindset of I've got mine, fuck you. I think we have this instinctive revulsion of the people who go really far into that page. And I actually think most preppers don't do that. I think most prepper talker abouters Mm -hmm. do that. Uh, It ties really well into the grift it ties really yeah. well into selling stuff, you know, cuz I can't sell you friendship. Um unless you support me high enough on my Patreon, in which case actually <laughs> I don't do that anymore. Um and like I can't sell you you know, good connection with your neighbor or whatever, right? There's nothing mm-hmm. in it for me. Um No, that's interesting. I Yeah, it all but but it but I think about like like I was watching some traditional prepping thing and it was, it was trying to take a, a more even handed approach to that. And it was like, some preppers are waiting to shoot everyone who comes on their property. Some preppers have extra backpacks ready to hand out in times of crisis. And I want to be like, where are they? How do yeah. I know them? Like, why are not enough people making videos about like, I literally have this station in my basement with like, I, I, I got the, I got the pegboard. I got all the like, um containers that stick to the pegboard with like mm. here's the one that has uh hair ties and here's the one that has tampons and here's the one that has you know um you know, water filtration pills and you know i have my like assembly line built because i want to mm. be the person who's handing out these bags you know okay.
1: anyway and that is fantastic i love um, that idea
0: yeah no I, I i recommend it i need to put together a like how to do this or something and the same mm. with also like like food storage because the other thing i I'm kind of rambling, um, and you're the guest. I apologize, but I'm almost done with this ramble. Um, I think about, like, not everyone is going to do this preparedness. So how do we, who tend to think in this way, pick up some of that slack? And it can't mm-hmm. just be the totes under our bed are completely full, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but, like, I think about, like, you know, if I get a freeze dryer, I can distribute freeze dried food to people and it gets and then i just have to absorb that cost basically to avoid the like mm-hmm. but how do we you know here's our mylar dried food buckets that everyone we know has at least one mylar dried food bucket because it's good for 2 days of eating and that's the yeah. likelihood of the time that you'd have to worry you know mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know where i'm going with this
1: well, I, I mean, I think that that is, uh, that naturally segs into the, what I find to be the next step in mm-hmm. preparedness, which is just mutual aid.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: And you, I, I I encourage this as much as I can, despite the fact that, I, I mean, to be honest, I, I have limited engagement with uh, mutual aid in Columbus mm-hmm. um, f- for a number of reasons, uh, not the least of which being that uh, despite the fact that I love people, I don't like people. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, I, I, yeah. I, I absolutely want you to live and have a great life. I, I yeah. absolutely do. But like, I also just want to stay at home with my yeah. wife and and my my dogs and my chickens. You know.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, when you ask me to come out and do something, I'll do it. But uh, but otherwise, I just, you know, just, just want yeah. to be want to be want to be alone. Yeah. Um, but mutual aid is is that next step. It's it's applying everything that you have learned and done for yourself and, and and your family, if you have a family and then making it, uh, externalizing it so that, uh, if you have skills, you are teaching other people skills. Uh, if you have resources, you're giving other people resources. Um, you have time or you have money. You are using those things to help prepare your community in the same way that you began with yourself. I think that that is absolutely, uh, Absolutely necessary and absolutely intrinsic to the idea of preparedness from a leftist perspective. Yeah. Um, without it, there is the without that practical application. The difference between you and a right wing prepper is philosophical. Yeah. Um, and so I think that it's important that we uh even if it's limited i you know i'm not saying that everybody out there has to has to always be doing everything at every mutual aid event because if you if you live in a city and you look around for those things they're everywhere all the time
0: yeah
1: um and if you don't have the time to dedicate to that you might feel meanly about yourself and i don't think that you should um yeah. but i think that it's necessary to be thinking in that regard and to when you're able give give time or or resources, you know, lend your skill set. Um, yeah, I, I think that that is just absolutely critical. Um, it's it's the next step in preparedness. It's what it's what allows us to think about uh, what is a very uncertain and oftentimes very dark future. Yeah, and just a, a couple of short years ahead of us, and think about it with some hope, uh, which is just uh, just necessary to survival as. Uh, you know, food and water. You have to yeah. be able to think that tomorrow might change and change for the better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. Morale is as much a determining factor in victory and battle, right? Of between two armies as like anything else. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: no, that's interesting. I really like this way of phrasing it that mutual aid is just basically like the next step after preparedness. And I think that. As a as a fellow, you know I'm an introvert and reasonably happy with my my house and a mountain, my dog, and like mm. you know my friends and stuff. But like, don't hang out with them as much. And and I think about like this is also a good way to to develop skills. Like teaching is a really good way to hone skills, right? When you're ready to, when you've already learned them, don't just like run out and be like, I'm going to go teach Mm -hmm. stitching, right? But like, you know, now that I have some experience in X, Y, and Z, I can go out and present that to, uh, you know, people and like connect into a mutual aid organization, perhaps to to teach these things or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. No, I like that idea. And then, even if it's just like, yeah, whatever, I, you know, maybe my plan is that I just like show up to mutual aid organizations and I'm like, here's giant things of dehydrated vegetables or here's freeze dried food. See you later. Not even going to tell you my name. (laughs) You know, like.
1: um, Who was that masked writer with buckets of food? Yeah. And and, you know what? I think that that is uh I think that's worthwhile yeah um i particularly for personalities like ours if yeah. if we're averse to uh, I, one of the main stumbling blocks i think that when you get into mutual aid is the politics and yeah. and I don't mean like being a leftist, i mean like the the sign conflict that that occurs yeah. totally. um that's been a big stumbling block here in uh in my town, yeah. Um one of the reasons why mutual aid is constantly stumbling and and restarting um yeah. is because of that which is not to say that there aren't a number of organizations that have stuck it through here in town and and done a lot of good work because they have done a lot of good work but it is a difficulty and I can understand why people have trouble with that uh which is why you don't necessarily have to donate your time uh if your skill set Precludes you from that if your skill set leans toward uh, running by with, with buckets mm-hmm. of food and saying here give these out like that yeah. that has absolute value it it absolutely yeah. does
0: and I will say that does tie into something that we've talked a little bit about in the show and we're hopefully going to talk a lot more about in the show is that one of the biggest things that any movement any mutual aid any any leftism any whatever needs is more mediation and more conflict mm-hmm. resolution and like more of a commitment. Um, There's a cliche that someone presented to me once or a a slogan that someone presented to me once that I hold on to a lot, which is de-escalate all conflict that isn't with the enemy. And like, not that the conflict doesn't exist, but we should all go into it with the attitude of we are looking to de-escalate this conflict. And, but yeah, no, that said, that is part of why I'm, it's like, how much am I an introvert and how much am I just like sick of dealing with that shit? Like Mm. too old for it. I'm just like I don't care. (laughs) Leave me alone. Yeah. Um. But that actually. But then, like the work that you do to tie it all back up eh, with your with your newsletter is like one of your skill sets, and you do a very good job of this. I really do recommend to anyone listening, um, to to subscribe to When If is tracking what's happening and talking about it in a clear way. Um. And I think you do a good job of that. Thank you. Are there any final Thoughts that you have, anything that we should have talked about that we
1: didn't or is there is there some, some goofy thing that the far-right preppers do that we can make fun of in these last few minutes?
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> oh. Because no. that is fun to do. I know. Uh, I think it's really just the overall attitude, you know? Mm-hmm. The overall idea that you're going to fight off the hordes. Mm-hmm. With your
1: sixteen AR-15s, I think that maybe this is maybe this is the thing to make fun of. Is mm-hmm. I so I I think that we often, uh, you know, as a species, we think of things. At least I do. Uh, being a writer, mm-hmm. I think of things narratively, and and I want to know. I want to ask these people. Uh, once you have fought off everybody uh once once nobody's coming to your castle anymore trying to break in and steal your things because they did that supposedly Mm -hmm. uh what do you what are you doing what are you doing (laughs) with the rest of your life do you like if you had a family like are they just are they going to hang out with you are you are Are you restarting civilization (laughs) yeah are they yeah each other presumably because everybody else is dead you shot them yeah uh so without God's divine intervention making sure that your genes don't get a little wonky, I don't know what you're gonna do. I
0: Yeah.
1: And I don't know what that life looks like. I, I don't see that life as worth living. Yeah. Uh but but from a leftist perspective and and enacting that leftist philosophy, preparedness becomes a way to not just survive, but to make uh to make to make a situation that can be can be awful into something from which we take benefit you know we can we can find ways uh new ways to exist in in these situations um uh, is it solnets uh a paradise built in hell yeah yeah i there's there's so many cases of people who find find ways to exist and to thrive in the wake of absolute disasters and i think uh i think that that's something that humans do sometimes instinctively. And I think that particularly leftists try to pursue.
0: Yeah. I think that is is good words to end on. And if people want to, I know I've shouted out a couple times, but if if people want to follow you and and get your newsletter, you want to tell them again how to do that?
1: Probably easiest to find me. Uh, My last name is spelled S-H-O-N-K-W-I-L-E-R. Uh, my first name is Eric with a C, uh, nothing about finding me is easy when it comes to that. Um, I, I think that the address mm. for the newsletter itself is when dash if dot ghost.io, I think it is, there's, I, I just there a checked. backslash in there, that... nope
0: when dot, if if.ghost.io. Yep.
1: Great. Thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Well, thank you so much for, for coming on. I hope I get to have you on in some other time too. That
1: would be great. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, you should, well, I mean, you should go subscribe to When If, but you should also support us. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash strangers in the tangled wilderness and you would be supporting strangers in the tangled wilderness, which is why the Patreon says strangers in the tangled wilderness is because that's our name. And by doing that, you're supporting a whole podcast network, a book publisher, a zine publisher, an anarchist collective that has been working for 20 years. The current collective has kind of revitalized things and made all kinds of cool things happen. Uh, If you support us, you can get zines mailed to your house every month and also thanks to you we're weekly now probably if you're hearing this the week after the last one came out it's because we're weekly now and that's all because of you supporters and in particular i want to thank Jans and Oxalis, Janice, Paige, Allie, Paparuna, Milika, Boise Mutual Aid, Theo, Hunter, Sean, SJ, Page, Mickey, Nicole, David, Dana, Chelsea, Cat J, Starro, Jennifer, Eleanor, Kirk, Sam, Chris, Micaiah, Haas the Dog, and that's it. No one else. Oh, wait. And all of you. All of you lovely listeners. Also, the main thing you can do is put some food and water in your house volunteer for a mutual aid group. Uh, I don't know. Help people organize against fascism. Build retaining walls that keep the ocean from destroying. Okay, that might be beyond the average person's. Anyway, I hope you're doing as well as you can with everything that's happening, and I will talk to you soon.